come from a very male, like masculine society. And I think that's one of the reasons why women feel of purpose and, and women feel um, out of alignment is that because we got used to things in a very driven, action-oriented, fast, uh, very disconnected way and very like mind-oriented way. So when you tune back into your femininity, for me, it's all about slowing down, listening to your intuition, uh, taking the time to get to know your body as well. Welcome to episode three of the Radiant Wellness Club podcast. I'm Rochelle Tursini, your host and the creator of the Radiant Wellness Club online resource for women, which is a health, wellness, and personal development toolkit to help you to awaken your radiance from the inside out. This is the place to be if you want to learn about how to awaken your radiance. Discover and learn from experts, teachers, and practitioners about anything and everything to do with radiant health, relationships, psychology, yoga, emotions, and how to awaken your soul. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Alessia Gandolfo, who is a career and mindset coach for sensitive and ambitious millennial women who want a job that they truly love. Her aim is to empower sensitive and ambitious women to live the career of their dreams. She believes that you are here to express your authentic self unapologetically, living at your highest potential and impacting the world with your unique gifts, and that the only person you need the approval from to start making the change is you. I don't know about you, but since your job is where you spend so much of your time, isn't it important to do something that lights you up from inside? I mean, how can you live from your most radiant self if you're miserable working at a job that you just don't like? Better yet, do a job that awakens your soul's longing, right? Let's talk to Alessia and see what she has to say about this. Buongiorno, Alessia. Buongiorno, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on the show and for allowing me into your apartment in Paris and for having me here. I'm very happy to be able to collaborate together with you on the Radiant Wellness Club offerings and uh, to have you offering the Purposeful Purpose module and now to be able to interview you so that our listeners can get a sense of what you do. I know that you work with women who are transitioning in their careers and that you're passionate about helping women to live and express their full potential. So yes. can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yes, of course. So uh, I'm a career and mindset coach. So what I do is that I help women especially uh, work on their purpose related to their career, at least at first. Because then, you know, in the coaching, it's very holistic, so we usually touch also other areas of their lives. And the way in which I do that is through one-to-one coaching and some workshop that I'm starting to host in Paris. And um, so the idea is really to, um, like, the thing that really lights me up the most is people that are passionate about what I do, and you can really feel through their energy and through their uh, their behavior, the way they show up, that they're doing that. So I want to see more people in the world that are aligned to their purpose and they are living passionately. And um, yeah, so like in the way in which I help people is that it's very tailored. So it depends on the stage they're in. So they can be in a phase in which they really don't know what to do and they want to have some help on the, first of all, understanding what is their what is purpose in general, why it's important and uh, moving from really getting to know themselves better 
before going and looking for their expression in their career? Or maybe are some people which already know what they want to do, but they're hold back to do it? Or, or just people that want to feel better in their job, so they don't necessarily want to change completely career direction, but they just want to improve within what they're doing in a way that feels more real, more authentic, and more on purpose. I think that a lot of women, or people in general, um, if they're not feeling that they're doing something that they really care about or that really is aligned with them, it can cause a lot of dissatisfaction. Yeah. So it's important to feel as though you have a purpose and a sense of what you really want to do to bring your individual gifts or mm -hmm. interests into the world to feel that fulfillment in other areas of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really believe we all have a gift that we mm -hmm. can share with the world. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So whether it's... Um, you know, is expressed through what the, what you do. Sometimes it's expressed through your family or other areas of your life, but it's so important to feel aligned with that and feel like you're going toward the vision that you have. It makes life so much more satisfactory, satisfactory and mm -hmm. so much more full. Absolutely. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so do you find that women are coming to you from a certain... Um, area like is it more people in the corporate world or in another area that are kind of looking to transition into something completely different yeah I feel like most of the women that come to me they are in the corporate world okay. and uh, they've been maybe working for a few years already but they feel like what they're doing doesn't bring much value to the world basically mm -hmm. so maybe they've studied that for many years they went straight into into doing that so they were very mind oriented like stuck in their mind and then there is a point in their life in which they reconnect with their heart and they realize that actually that doesn't make much sense for them or it's not uh, bringing the impact they want into the world especially if they spend maybe 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day in this job you know it's a lot of your life spent Absolutely. doing something that mm -hmm. is not necessarily meaningful so I think that's most of the women, but then there is like a smaller percentage of entrepreneurs or wannabe entrepreneurs that um, want to completely change into something that is maybe more creative, more artistic, and uh, they pick, like they go back to maybe passions that they had as children, and they decide they really want to go for that, for that and work for themselves, so that's another side of people. But yeah, most, most of the women that come to me they come from um, the corporate world, I think, because that was my path a little bit as well. So I, I studied business school, then I was going through like a very classical marketing job. So I think that my story resonated with them. So I attract this kind of, uh, this kind of women mostly. Right, right. And when you say that you help women with their mindset, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that the mindset is the most important thing to work on, um, no matter what is your goal. So no matter what is your objective at the end of the of the coaching, because uh, the mindset is really the set of beliefs that we gather growing up, whether it's through our family, society, our experiences. And this really determines the way you show up into the world, your attitude, your behavior. And so by working on the set of beliefs that are part of your mindset, first of all, we can realize that not all that we know is true, that some of the things that we believe are true, they're actually just part of this baggage that we had since childhood, and that 
the most important thing is that we can change it. So in the moment in which someone gets aware of the fact that they can change the way they think, it opens up so many more possibilities and it really connects them back to what they truly believe is true. So what their inner sense of, uh, of uh, truth, of uh, purpose it is. And uh, so I think that's really the most important thing. Also because if you skip straight into the action and don't work on your mindset first, the results are not, not going to be very long-term and very effective because you're probably going to go back into your old belief. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> the mindset that we have uh, and the beliefs that we have, I find it so interesting that um, they are really kind of like a security safety mechanism because our mind is trying to keep us safe into the world. It's, uh, it's part of our evolution as species. And so it's not surprising that the people that are now here into the world are the ones that, in which, you know, they use their mind a lot and the mind is very loud and strong. It's because for survival, you know, that's the kind of people that uh, evolved into mm-hmm. who we are today. And uh, it's like natural selection, you know, how do you say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a natural uh, selection of the species. So we need to learn again that we can trust our intuition, our heart, we don't have to spend all this time in our mind Mm -hmm. um, to really reconsider this set of beliefs and change them in a way that is aligned with us. Um, And so do you you recommend some meditations or writing? How do these women or how do you suggest that the, the people you work with actually come into really embodying this new mindset other than, yeah, okay, they're aware of what their mindset is and what changes they might need to make, but how yeah. can they actually establish the new mindset? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So I believe a lot into slowing down, first of all, and just creating space into your life. Uh, because I think that one element that is common, especially when you're making a big change and you're worried, is that you're very much into an anxiety state, your mind is really, really active, and you want to... Um, bring the change as fast as possible because you want to feel safe again. You don't want to be into that space in between which is full of uncertainty and it's full of the unknown and it's very uncomfortable. So we tend to look for comfort. So that's why we want to go straight into a new solution. You know? But the truth is that that space is so important to be in. So learning to feel comfortable in uncertainty it's, it's really where you are able to tune into what you really want. Mm-hmm. So the tools that I use are definitely meditation. So I believe that meditation is an incredible way to uh, slow down the noise that you have outside, to tune into yourself and to really create a bit of space in your mind so the mind can be the good servant of the heart and not the other way around. And I also believe like in journaling and writing a lot. So this is a practice that I've been doing forever. And so I try to bring uh, people to learn how to write, learn how to journal for themselves. And, uh, and I think it's such an amazing way to just um, put down your thoughts and, uh, you know, go to the heart of the, of the problem mm-hmm. by just free writing. Uh, so, for example, Morning Pages is, uh, is a practice by Julia Cameron that wrote The Artist's Way. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful practice in which in the morning you wake up and you write three pages mm-hmm. of, like, just, like, flow of consciousness and it's great because after a few days, if you read back, you start to see some patterns 
and you start to really notice some things that you wouldn't notice just by living your life and you know being in the automatic uh, pilot yeah pilot mode uh -huh. yeah writing is, is really is really a big practice yeah. but some people don't resonate with writing so even um, sometimes recording their voice or just uh, uh, you know having a, having a coach or having someone to bounce back their, their idea or how they're feeling is very important so this can be uh, you know it can be uh, adapted to the natural tendency of the person so how do they okay. learn the best okay yeah yeah that makes sense but yeah there is definitely I think the need of having some kind of practice whether it's meditation writing or or movement as well like yoga uh, like some kind of any kind of practice that brings you back to your breath uh, makes you slow down and help you reflect and explore your thoughts it's very powerful in mm -hmm. that phase and do you notice that people who feel that they're not aligned in their career have other problems in their life, in other areas of their life, or with their health? Or do you notice that there's a connection when someone is not feeling good in their career? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's totally connected because uh, when people are not feeling aligned, usually they don't feel at their best in general. They feel like um, maybe they're not sleeping well, they're having some health issues coming up, they, they just feel off in some way and that reflects on their energy levels, their motivation, like for example, like recently I had a client that she was feeling extremely like, tired and motivated and uh, that's why she came to coaching and she was like, why do I, this is not me, this is not the real me, why do I feel like that all the time? And, uh, and basically the job she was doing was not reflecting her values. So she was triggered all the time and drained by her workspace. And that's why it was affecting her health as well. And then she wasn't feeling, yeah, like her real self. Mm -hmm. So she needed to go through a process of rediscovering herself, even in the way she dressed and the way she talked and her posture as well. And uh, so many things that uh, make you feel grounded and good in a, in a way in which you can... Uh, uh, be ex fully expressed and feel yourself again. So I think it affects on the health, it affects on the relationships, because when you are not living your purpose, you're probably a bit frustrated, then you bring it back to your partner or to your friends and family. And uh, like even me personally, I remember when I was not feeling aligned with, the, with my career path. I mean, I was just feeling a bit like a robot, like I was disconnected from my heart. And uh, I really lacked this sense of uh, uh, recognition to my soul. And that made me feel a bit empty and a bit like clueless and lost. So, so it, it was affecting me in no kind of way. So this is what I see also in people. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've had that experience. I know for sure for me, it feels like if I'm working for someone else's passion, I feel a, a real disconnect and a discontentment inside. Yeah, and I did that for so many years that I could. I had a lot of health issues. I was mm -hmm. always having some problem, physical problem with my body, and it wasn't until I really felt like I was doing what I wanted to do mm -hmm. that I felt I was able to really feel good in my body. Yeah, so. I think that's so. Yeah, that's so true. And uh, and you do it much better. Like when you're doing something that is your purpose you can overcome a lot of fears and you can just be better at what you do. Like I feel when you're doing something that is uh, maybe supporting someone else's dream or 
just like not not what you want to do uh, you you do it like halfway or you you don't put your your best you don't use your all potential there because you cannot use it it's not in the right place so uh, you're not gonna be very successful into it like I was feeling personally that I was I was doing well my job like it was people were happy but I really feel like I didn't I use like 15% of my potential absolutely yeah but you know what I was just thinking that could be interesting is that maybe not everyone needs to really because there's most of the population most people are working for someone else yeah yeah and yeah, I yeah. think that maybe for a lot of people the security and the safety and the regularity of receiving a paycheck and not having totally. to really yeah. go out on their own yeah. is actually yeah. feels better yeah no I think that's that's very true like we're not all made to be uh, self-employed and work for ourselves so I really think that um, is an important point because living on purpose doesn't mean that you necessarily have to work for yourself absolutely you can totally work for someone else and uh, and maybe you're prioritizing that security or your family or other aspect of your life in that moment and that's totally okay and there is nothing to be ashamed of mm -hmm. to do that but you can still do it in a way that feels good for you so you can do it on purpose, like in a purposeful way, by setting your boundaries, by being sure that you are using your power in your job. Like there are a lot of ways in which you can change and tweak even your current position into something that feels much better. And usually I see when people are still in their corporate career, for example, and they know that they're not going to change their job in, in quite a long time or in maybe in a couple of years for a several, like a set of reasons. I think there is still quite a lot of things that you can do to feel more on purpose. Like you can, uh, first of all, um, tune back into your power and say, okay, I cannot change everything about this situation, but what, what can I change? What, uh, what have I control on? And then you, you change the things you have control mm -hmm. on, which is usually your attitude, <laughs> your mindset, your, uh, which affects your behavior with people. And there are a lot of things you can do. And you can also create a plan B if you're really really unhappy but you're still stuck into the job you can build something on the side that makes you makes you happy like hobbies or other things you're doing or building like a plan B for the future one day maybe you want to do your own thing and you're you prepare for that so there is definitely a set of things which are possible within your current work yeah there is a lot of a uh, lot of possibility in there mm -hmm. as well even if people usually don't see that a lot when they're frustrated and unhappy in their job. So can you give us a few examples of what you mean by values? Yeah, so values, they are basically the things that are important for you. So um, values are um, some beliefs that you know that you're gonna regret if you don't take care of them. So like I, as an example, like if you see yourself toward the end of your life or maybe like you're 18, 90s and you look back, what are the things that you would have regretted not doing or the areas of your life that you would, have, you would regret not having taken care of? So by having, for example, this exercise, you can look back and think like, oh my God, like I, I wish I had taken more care of my partner or my family or I wish I had done the things that I wanted to do but I was too afraid of doing and it allows you to identify the, the areas or the the values, the, the beliefs that are important for you. So for example, um, some values that can be important for you are like freedom or uh, honesty, integrity, or 
maybe you want to live mainly for your family, this is something really important for you, so you cannot do a job that is far from your family in another city, or like, it's really like taking the time to identify what's really the priorities, basically, what's most important for you, so you can uh, discern whether what you're doing is in line or not with that. And for example, in a, in a career, uh, career sense, if you work for a company that doesn't care about the environment and for you being environmentally conscious is really really important there is probably going to be a clash and you're probably going to feel all the time a little bit resentful or upset in your job because you know they are not taking care of something that is incredibly important for you and that means that whether you need to have a conversation and try to change something uh, about the impact you are having on the environment in your job or maybe you need to change company and go to do you know go to work for someone that values that a lot more so it's a very subjective thing but yeah it's so essential to identify these elements and usually i i give like a long list of values where people can um, uh, grade how important is for them because we cannot think about all the possible values so we it's nice to have an idea of uh, different values and then select the three four most important ones mm -hmm. for them and that's a nice starting point mm -hmm. Or another way to do it is to kind of like go through uh, the main experiences in your life to create a sort of like lifeline and then you identify the most important events or yeah, experiences in your life and then you you look at why is that important for you why why was it significant for you and then you kind of look at the pattern and like for me, for example, when I did this exercise, it came out that being international is really important for me. It's always been there. So I know that I want to have to do with international people and live in an um, environment where I can get to know other cultures. That's really, really important for me. Or that working for myself was also like key because freedom was there all along the way. So it's nice when you look back, you can see what pops up and what uh, has always been and underline, you know, a la fil rouge of your, of your life, and that really helps to see what your values are. And, I mean, this is like a discussion that can go on and on, but uh, once you also identify your value, like maybe what's, what you found that was important for you, is then essential to distinguish between um, whether it's something that feels true to you now, or if it's something that was in, kind of imposed by your family, your, uh, yeah, your environment, society, society etc. And then you can see what's, if some of the elements that were, were driving you, we call them drivers, whether you are driven by uh, a value that is important to, was important to your father, but is actually not very important for you, or if it's something that really matters to you now, mm -hmm. and you can review your values in a way that is really aligned to you today. Mm -hmm. I like to do this exercise at the beginning of the year. I don't usually do the resolutions or anything yeah, like that, yeah. but what I've been doing for the past three or maybe four years is at the beginning of the year in January, I ask myself, what are my three, you could say values for that year? What do I want to focus and emphasize yeah. that year? And this year I came up with freedom, which is often kind of running through as a common theme. Freedom, family, and nature. Mm. I want to emphasize those things and make sure that those mm -hmm. things are a part of my life.
yeah yeah, yeah no, i understand yeah. I, I did the same i also yeah. like, selected like three things it's more like three yeah teams of uh-huh. the year exactly three yeah. areas that i want yeah. to cultivate more exactly. and i want to pay more attention mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. so um, like for me it was like love because i want to feel like uh, more love in my life more connection like so um, that is like a very important one and then i had like confidence like body confidence because i feel it's something that i let go a little bit in the past and uh, and with anxiety i was like experiencing kind of a lack of body confidence because i couldn't trust myself moving around the city or going to places so it's something that i want to pay more attention to and maybe do some experiences out of my comfort zone to get back mm-hmm. onto that confidence mm-hmm. etc so yeah <laughs> I, I like the idea of having like teams of mm-hmm, the year more totally. than resolutions and mm-hmm. yeah. Good. So I know that you also do a lot of, you're involved in doing a lot of women's circles, whether it be that you're actually hosting them and having some kind of theme around it. Maybe you're doing something to do with femininity, which I really love. And I would love you to talk more about that. Mm-hmm. And or you also attend other people's women's circles. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you think the benefits are for women to be around other women in a supportive environment and also if you can touch on the femininity piece that yeah like that. yeah yeah absolutely so i i love that you're touching on the femininity because i think that's such a key element of actually uh, also everything i do is bringing women back to their um, more feminine way of living because i think that's really what will be important in the future so I think we have to change the world by tuning more into our femininity and that's the kind of uh, power we need to harness more exactly because we come from a very male like masculine society and that's one of the reasons why women feel of purpose and, and women feel um, out of alignment is that because we got used to things in a very driven, action-oriented, fast, uh, very disconnected way and very like mind-oriented way so when you tune back into your femininity for me it's all about slowing down listening to your intuition uh, taking the time to get to know your body as well and uh, being creative uh, feeling uh, your heart opening and connected to other people like these are all elements which are part of femininity and I think the women's circle is a nice way to explore them and uh, um, one of the things that I liked and one of the reasons why I wanted to host like women's circles is that I felt that um, women didn't have a space to feel just completely safe, to let go of their mask, to let go of their uh, everyday stresses and the way in which you have to show up uh, every day in our society. So I wanted to create a safe space to just be yourself, uh, bring your emotional state, whatever it is. So. Uh, whether you're calm and you're sad, you're happy, you're frustrated, everything is welcome and everything is accepted. And it's really a space to just um, accept yourself a little bit more. And having that support of other women to witness who you are, witness your uh, your gift, your truth, uh, in a completely free and safe way without having to do something or having to uh, to be in a certain way. So something that I feel was lacking in in Paris or in general is that often when you go to like a uh, a workshop or uh, something that is about maybe yoga or taking care of yourself, there is often 
things that you do. Like you're putting a space in which you have uh, to learn something new or like to do something. And, and the beauty of Women's Circle is that you just come to be. You don't have to do anything specific. You can share and use your, your voice if you want. But it's mainly a safe space to be. And that I found was really, really powerful and lacking in our you know, everyday life. So, and this being brings you back to your feminine energy so much because that's where you can really let go of everything else and tune back to yourself and um, relax and just feel into your body again and feel into your emotions. So that was like a key element for this and, and also absolutely in the power of like women supporting other women. So in the moment in which you you see that other women can see you in a way that is non-competitive, that is just about listening to you, that is uh, not expecting anything from you, and that you can express maybe also uncomfortable things uh, in a place where you're not judged, where no one is uh, giving you advices, and I find that can be extremely healing and powerful because um, it creates a sense of, uh, first of all, a sense of ritual, that when you come into a women's circle, there are usually there is a certain ritual through which the circle is uh, is conducted, is managed. Uh, so it's like you drop, you know, uh, you drop your boundaries, you drop your, your uh, fears a little bit, and you can just you know relax into that space. And uh, and there is a sense of um, solidarity and sisterhood that for some reason is not there in their everyday life. So yeah, these are some of the things that I that I love about hosting or participating in circles. Mm -hmm. I love that. I would say that I find this the topic of femininity very interesting because for a lot of my life, um, especially when I was like in my 20s or a teenager and then in my 20s and a little bit into my 30s as well, I think that I was very disconnected from my femininity and I felt a little bit uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. Even if especially towards the, the end, I wanted to be connected with it, but I just didn't know how. And what actually helped me to reconnect with it was Kundalini yoga mm. and the feeling of radiance that I get from Kundalini. It's like just an effortless connection to femininity mm. and to being uh, tuned into everything that that represents for me. And I don't have to force myself to be aware mm. of of whether or not I'm, you know, how I'm showing up, I just, it's just a natural yeah, connection yeah, to that. that. Yeah. So yeah. for me, radiance is really connected to, to femininity. Mm. And I wanted to ask you about the word radiant. Mm. So when you hear that word, what do you think of and what does that bring up for you? Yeah, I really like this word. I think what straight away brings up for me, it's being comfortable in your skin. So radiant for me, it's a sense of uh, peace within yourself that uh, is then transmitted with your energy to the people and the world around you. So I, I really like what you said about not having to put the effort of be feminine. So sometimes we think, oh, if I'm feminine, I need to like put makeup, dress up in a certain way, or like even um, in accordance to society standard of beauty or that's what a feminine woman do that's mm -hmm. how she behaves and I like the fact of just uh, being an inner job in the sense that you're you find that peace you find that uh, 
um, is within yourself, mm-hmm. and then it just comes up naturally. You don't need to do anything special exactly. to be to be radiant. Intuitively, that means for me. Okay, good. And how do you express and live in your radiance? Yeah, oh wow, that's a good question. I think I don't do it all the time, but uh, what I try to do, it's uh, for me, like, really, really key. It's when I feel like I'm uh, going into a too much, like, mind-oriented, like, mind-guided uh, day or week. It means that I feel quite uh, tense, I feel quite rigid, and uh, I may be moving too fast. I'm worrying about a lot of things, and this is a tendency that I have. And the key thing for me is like to slow down, so start to do things very slowly. So whether I'm, uh, I realize that I'm uh, in a rush, and maybe like I don't know, washing dishes, I start to do it very slowly, and then that brings me back to my breath, and it brings me back to that peace, and I feel automatically happier and more joyful. It's, it's really magical, like when you just. Uh, take the time to, to slow and tune back into yourself. And uh, yeah, like slowing down, it's really what helps me immediately to go back to feeling radiant from the inside. And then uh, hopefully, or I actually believe that it looks, I look better on the outside as well. So uh, usually my posture feels better, like my voice is more soft, my skin is more... Uh, it's more glowy and uh, I really yeah I really feel that it's a magical um, quality that we we can access we we can all access a little bit more oh yes I couldn't agree with you more about the slowing down part it's so important and you can feel such a huge difference and can you tell us a little bit about what programs you're offering for our listeners to check out yeah so I have a um, one-to-one coaching program so I work individually with people so I have um, a program called Awaken Your Career that is related specifically to finding your purpose in your career I have an ebook called Uncover Your Passions where I go through 10 steps that for me are the essential steps to move toward a more purposeful life in general and uh, and I have uh, a workshop, which for now is like a live workshop in Paris, but maybe I will offer it online, which is all around limiting beliefs and mindset, because I believe that's such a key part of uh, the work you can do. So yeah, that's for now. That's And my writing. I mean, I write articles, I write uh, blogs on my, um, on my website. So yeah, I like to communicate around these messages in social media and my website as well. Thank you very much, Alessia. Thank you. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alessia. I will post her website in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you're enjoying it. And while you're there, I would be super grateful if you would give it a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned for next Thursday's episode on human design with Amy Lee. To prepare for that episode, Go find out what your human design is online so that when you listen to the episode, you'll be able to get the most out of it. Until then, 